Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Welcome to TMI's PantherCast podcast. Today, I'm excited to bring you the audio of our first two senior chapel talks by Hassan Asan and Warren Janak, TMI class of 2019. Our first featured talk is from Cadet Battalion Commander Hassan Asan. Hassan has been at TMI since the ninth grade and is hoping to attend Princeton or Brown University next fall to study medicine, but plans to first major in business or cybersecurity. When not in class, you'll find Hassan outside running or just hanging out with friends. Thank you for listening, and now, enjoy this Senior Chapel Talk. And so, it begins again. A new year, a fresh slate, an opportunity to strengthen friendship and attain knowledge. This environment grooms us to exemplify servant leadership. Teachers enhance our academic knowledge. Daily sermons help embrace spirituality. If everything here has a purpose, then what's the purpose of the 76 senior chapel talks that you're going to hear this year? These orations provide insight into those who have previously been in your shoes, something no textbook could communicate. Today, my narration is about my inferences and conceptualization of other people. We are notorious for looking at others and only perceiving a concept or an idea instead of a living, breathing life force. We know that our own lives have endured multiple conflicts and fierce emotions that required all of our willpower to overcome. We can't translate these human feelings to other people, however. We don't consider the fact that they've encountered the same challenges, or perhaps more in their lives. We feel no qualms about simplifying the complexity that is a human being into one term or expression. For example, the single word refugee. It can be used to identify the 14 million displaced Syrian war victims, but to some people, this one word is everything they represent. The victims are nothing more than this one noun. We're all guilty of our own shortcomings of human perception, including myself. I've always been competitive, challenging myself against my classmates. If they scored 100 and I only earned a measly 99, it was a failure on my part. I was also continuously chasing my older brother Saad's shadow in an attempt to surpass his achievements. Spoiler alert, I totally have. (laughs) He's pretty lame. (laughs) But these rivalries I'm talking about weren't healthy, not because the standards were too demanding, but rather because the fierceness of my desire to outshine others ended up in my dehumanizing them. In my eyes, these individuals became a number, a grade point average I was trying to best. My brother became an ordinary, lifeless bar for me to leap over. At this point in my life, my only objective was to beat them. I had little regard for their humanity. So, I've obviously diminished humans into one idea before, but why should we take the time to understand the narratives of those around us? How does humanizing individuals make us better servant leaders? I'll tell you what it did for me. Understanding how all humans are relatively similar made me more compassionate, at least I hope so. But allowing myself to delve into another human's sentiments had benefits beyond feeling more connected to people. Being conscious of the fact 
that other humans have felt the same rage, anger, frustration, and anxiety as me, formulated my values and ethics in life. In the midst of academic struggles at school, the idea of cheating was tempting because it guaranteed victory. But then, something clicked. I realized that under the mask that was the grade point average, there were persistent and determined human beings who had the same or even more internal strife and external pressures as me. Following this epiphany, the idea of using a dishonest advantage to outperform those who worked harder than me was an idea I found revolting. I'd never feel content knowing I had to be deceitful to triumph against those sharing my desire to excel. Thus, this newfound understanding I garnered instilled the values of honor and integrity in me. It also reestablished the purpose of my life. At one point, I lost sight of why I was learning and taking the opportunities granted to me. I became a zombie, mindlessly chasing my brother's accolades. When Saad transformed from some milestone into a role model who could help me address my problems, the purpose of my competitiveness to become a more proficient and well-rounded individual was reinstilled. I realized how similar the humanity in others truly was through the example of my brother. I deduced that the perseverance and frustration that culminated into my position in life must have also resided in Saad. In fact, he was probably more lost than me in some moments because there was no predecessor to be his guide. His footsteps were already planted for me. He showed me that the various life decisions and difficult journeys we encounter act like a battery for our public perception. They power up the characteristics and personalities we exhibit, but they're hidden from public vision. I'd like to finish with one more example that revolutionized my ability to look at people beyond the numbers and words that define them. This past summer, I volunteered at a camp dedicated to developing mentally and physically disabled children. There, I met a 21-year-old amicable young man who always had a smile on his face. We would play basketball, launching half-court shots in the sweltering heat. We joked around a lot, hiding people's phones and setting off a chain of many heart attacks. At the dances, we would hype each other up and make everyone else totally jealous. In the span of that one week, I knew I was going to remember his pure and wholesome soul for the rest of my life. He was so inexplicably different from the initial image that appeared in my mind when the term special needs was uttered. Now, when I hear that phrase, all I imagine is that grinning person, Diego. I see how ecstatic Diego looks when he finally knocks down that half-court shot. I hear our restrained giggles as people flail around looking for their phones. We continued this friendship after camp, calling each other on a weekly basis and having dinner together like you'd expect any other ordinary friends to do. Diego has become such a good friend, in fact, that he's sitting in this chapel right now, missing school to be my special guest. At this point, I couldn't even tell you about Diego's diagnosis because I've forgotten it myself. Diego, you showed me that a term or phrase is not enough to analyze the entire human experience. These classifications make up humans, but they do not define them. They take out the distinct personalities that reside in all individuals. You try summing up all of your life experiences into one umbrella term. So, Diego, thank you 
for showing me what true understanding is. We need to take the time to understand the effort that has gone into each human life and internalize how similar it is to our own lives. Doing so, I developed my values and purpose as a well-rounded individual. Now, look at the person to your left. Look to your right. I want you to look into this person's eyes and understand something. They are more than they appear to be. They get mad at the world too. They have struggles too. They at times feel that nothing's going their way and no one's on their side. When you take the time to fully contemplate how in-depth each human life is, you'll be a shining light of understanding and solace, a solution whom other students can go to when they need help. You'll develop perspective based on the situations of others and in turn, create a set of ethics and principles to follow. So, as you leave this chapel, never forget that every single human being like you is a conglomeration of diverse experiences, emotions, and decisions who deserves your respect, support, and understanding. Thank you. Our second featured talk is from Warren Janak. Warren has been at TMI since the ninth grade and is hoping to attend Vanderbilt or Duke University next fall to study political science or psychology. When not in class, you'll find Warren playing sports or honing his speech and debate skills as part of the National Hispanic Institute. Thank you for listening, and now enjoy this senior chapel talk. This is me. In the summer of 2017, standing in the chapel arguing the constitutionality of a mock legislative proposal at the LDZ Youth Legislative Session Program through an organization that I've come to love, the National Hispanic Institute. My partner Celia and I, as constitutional attorneys, had participated in one week's worth of tournament-style trials, trying to win our cases and prove our superiority as the top attorney team out of 16 at the conference. As I finished giving my opening statement, imploring the Supreme Court justices to find the proposal in question unconstitutional, I looked at my partner. We both smiled nervously. We were tense. We were dying to win because we knew that we were the best team. But after a trial that was not our best of the week, we became unsure of ourselves. We realized how scared we were that maybe we wouldn't come out on top. So we prepared for the worst. Later that night, they announced who had won. We stood at the front of the chapel next to our opponents as the speaker congratulated us on our achievements in emerging as the top two attorney teams at the conference. Then, in a long drawn out fashion, so as to make us explode with anxiety, the speaker read off the names of the attorneys on the winning team. This is me and my partner later that night. We ended up winning the verdict by a seven to two margin. And I will never forget the moment our names were called. She and I screamed. We jumped up and down and we hugged each other. The rest of the room stood and offered thunderous applause as we stepped forward to accept our award. We had won the prestigious LDZ attorney trials. We had worked hard together for a whole week studying the mock constitution 
creating complex arguments to support our position, and speaking in front of our peer Supreme Court justices, hoping to convince them to side with us. This was our moment. It was like we were standing on top of the world because we had both won something we cared very much about. This feeling that I just described to you, of being on top of the world, of feeling absolutely overjoyed and unable to stop smiling out of excitement, is present in different ways in everybody's life. Whether it is winning the state championship in swimming, receiving a standing ovation after a play you acted your heart out for, or even delivering a chapel talk, moments like these have numerous positive effects for a person. These experiences are called moments of transcendence. Transcendent moments are actually a studied phenomenon in psychology. Emily Esfahani-Smith is a psychologist who delivered a thought-provoking TED Talk on finding fulfillment that I encourage you to watch after this talk. She defines self-transcendent moments as those moments when you're lifted above the hustle and bustle of everyday life, when your sense of self fades away and you feel connected to a higher reality. Her definition articulates well the feelings that abound during moments of self-transcendence. But even though moments like the one I described are monumental occasions that do tend to be rare, self-transcendence is not limited to dramatic events. In fact, the transcendence in my everyday life is the one that has the most benefit for me. For example, much to the dismay of my teachers, family members, and friends, I love to talk. I love to talk publicly in settings like this, but I also love the everyday conversations that occur at the lunch table or in the parking lot with your friends after football practice. Through these conversations, I find that I lose track of what is happening around me. I momentarily forget about my responsibilities and my stresses. It's like my mind is transported to another world where I am purely living in the moment. I vividly remember one night at that same NHI program I described before in which I managed to talk with a handful of other people from 12 a.m. to 5 a.m. I don't know how or why I did it, I just started talking. And before I knew it, five hours had gone by. I told them lots of stories. I remember the room erupting in laughter when I discussed the time in the sixth grade when I got on my hands and knees to clean up a spill in the corner of the classroom only to find out the spill was not hand sanitizer like I had thought, but instead was urine. They told me stories of their lives, some funny and some saddening. That night, though, has always stuck out in my memory because for five consecutive hours, I didn't worry about a thing. I wasn't concerned about doing my summer reading. I didn't think about all the driver's ed I had to do when I returned to San Antonio. I just existed and enjoyed the experience. This is what transcendent moments can offer a person. Imagine all the tests and homework and social difficulties you face each week as a backpack that you must carry around everywhere that you go. As TMI students, we know what it feels like when that backpack is heavy with stress. Think of transcendence as a brief opportunity to take off the backpack. For you, that transcendent moment may come in the form of something like drawing or writing. I know for me, I get another brief escape of transcendence every day when I drive home from school and play music in my car. 
Hearing Ariana Grande sing to me through the speakers in my car is quite an uplifting experience. Rather than creating anxiety about what I have to do, I just turn on Dangerous Woman and sing along at the top of my lungs. This way, I can take a step back from my stress and briefly forget about it. And I have found that this works wonders for me. Scientifically, these moments of transcendence are extremely beneficial to one's state of mental health. Another way to describe moments of transcendence is being in the zone. For example, I get in the zone when I debate with others, when my mind is working hard and my thoughts are flowing freely. I transcend myself in a way similar to the ways I've already described. It has been well documented in neuroscience that when someone is in the zone, whether that is through conversation or through writing or through seeing art, their brain releases large amounts of chemicals like dopamine, serotonin, and anandamide, chemicals that improve mood and have been shown to combat depression and anxiety. Another study done at Johns Hopkins University researched the mindsets of people who had months or weeks to live. The people studied had all expressed a fear of death in some way. The researchers found that when they induced a dramatic transcendent experience for the subjects, something changed. When forced to step outside of their mind and move back from their great fear, these people ultimately were able to take on their impending death with a new and improved outlook. These same people reported an increase in their quality of life, even though a rapidly onsetting death was staring them in the face. Because of these benefits, moments of transcendence can be a powerful tool for you, TMI. If you can identify reliable ways of transcending yourself above and beyond the hustle and bustle of everyday life, whether that is going swimming, playing lacrosse, reading fiction, or walking through nature, you will find that your quality of life will increase. You will find that the same accumulation of challenges that seem daunting now are actually quite manageable. Your state of mental health will improve and you will feel more fulfilled as a person. Whenever a task or an assignment of some kind would get difficult in my life, I was always told to stop, take a deep breath, and collect myself so that I could keep going. For us, moments of transcendence offer that same deep breath from the toughest assignment of all, life. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.